Welcome. Um, the first story that I'm going to tell on this podcast and to the audience that you can't see is called Wishes Granted. We're here in this cave full of treasure. Actually, it's a catacomb. But this story takes place in the beginning somewhere far away from a catacomb, which is why we end up in one. The Winter Queen, the Unseelie Queen, was sitting on her throne, watching her court as they ripped each other apart. It was summer season, and her court was weak, and they were waiting for their day to come again. When all of a sudden the throne room doors whipped open with a thunderous sound, a cloud of fire and embers and smoke came whirling into the room, and this cloud has a name. It's called a jinn, a genie. It's not a blue creature that's really nice and funny and makes silly jokes. It's the real thing. A very terrific thing to see. One that if we were to see one come billowing down the hall now, we would be certain that we were about to die a horrible, horrible death. And this creature came in, and with a thundering voice that came everywhere and nowhere from the cloud, it said, Debt repaid. And it threw a pile of rags and sticks upon the floor, and it skidded across the obsidian to land before the throne of the queen, and out the jinn went, pulling the door shut behind it. Debt repaid. Well, debts. Fairies deal in debts. What debt could a jinn repay with a pile of sticks and rags? But that's when the man stood up, and the queen was curious. Any debt that a jinn would have to a queen of fairy has to be a big one, so this must be a very powerful gift. And the queen looked at the man, and the man's clothing was torn and shredded. His eyes were mad, darting around the room. He, he did not even focus on the red caps in the front with blood pouring down their caps as they ripped apart another bargain. How could he be a debt repaid? And so she touched his mind gently and brought him back to sanity a little. And of course, as soon as he started to become sane and he looked at all these mad creatures around him, his mind broke again. And she had to focus him in on her. She looked like a statue of ice at the time. And she focused him in, and all he could see were the sharp features of her face. I could give you your life. But why should I? Why has the jinn brought you to me? What value are you? And he cried. He got on his knees then and cried. I have no value now, but I used to be a storyteller. I traveled the world and, and I was writing down the myths of different people in different places and I wandered into the desert and I met the Bedouins and they told me of a creature called a jinn. And they told me they must have hated me. They told me that you could catch one in a bottle, and if you caught one in a bottle, and you did, and you caught it, that you could let it go, and if you did, it would grant your wishes, even impossible ones. It was an infection, the greed I had. It infected me so much that I went out in the desert at night, and I went to the base of the mountains where the winds whipped sharp, and everyone said that the fires there that raged and destroyed all the plants, that those fires were chin. And I went, and in the middle of the night, I tried to catch one. But have you ever caught the wind in a bottle? 
Have you ever tried? <laughs> For the last 10 years, they've thrown me back and forth across the mountains, breaking bones, blood spurting everywhere out of my body, and they reformed me again and again, and they made sure I felt it and remembered it. That regardless of what they did to me, I felt it all, and I knew it all. And as mad as I became, and as mad as I am, I will never lose those memories. I will never lose them. I can never escape what they've done to me. But after 10 years, they got bored. They wanted to find a worse way to punish me, something more hideous than anything they could do. And so they brought me here and gave me to you. Worth nothing now. And she thought about it for quite a while as she sat on her throne. She thought about it and she considered how well he worked his words. He was a storyteller. Storytellers are useful pawns. I will give you your life back. She looked at him and saw through the rips in his shirt that there were places where his flesh was rent and in the holes was clay. And the clay was probably from that bottle he tried to catch the gin in. I'll even heal you up so that no one will ever know what you have gone through. On one condition. You must tell the story I tell you so well that it is written down and that the story travels around the world and that everyone hears it, loves it, and tells their friends, their children. Can you do this? Yes, yes, anything, anything, please, anything. She gave him the story. She gave him his help. She even put him back in England. And it took him a couple of years to get the words right, but he finally did. And the story went everywhere. The unsealy queen, in the meanwhile, set up some nice caves with treasure in them, fairy treasure. And she waited to see when her first trap would be triggered. Like a spider in a web, she felt the pull one day. And it was summer season again, but that matters not for a trap like this. And she stepped on to a shadow in her palace and out through a shadow in the back of the cave. And there she hid and watched as two boys went running around. <sighs> Matthew, look! Look at all the gold! And they were putting it in all their pouches and they were pulling their hats off and they were filling them up. And she watched and smiled. We found it, George! We found it! The cave! The real cave! Wait a minute. Where's the lamp? The, the lamp! Matthew looked, and there it was, and he picked it up, and he started rubbing it, and he vanished, and it started to fall to the floor, but George dove, and he caught it right there on the floor, and he pulled it up, and he closed his eyes, and he rubbed the side, and everything went black and cold. Mommy? Daddy? Matthew? Where are you? But there was no answer. In the cave, I should tell you what was happening at this point was that the lamp hit the floor and it echoed like a coin, falling slowly and dancing on the metal rim back and forth before it settled. And the unsealy queen in the back of the cave 
with eyes that could see things as they truly are, could see two bright suns in that lamp lighting the whole cave. And she could hear the voices of the two boys caught inside, neither aware of the other. Mommy! Daddy! Mommy! Where are you? Somebody help! Help! Get us out of here! Where are we? Where are you, brother? Are you here? But there was no answer. They started crying, and she laughed. When they quieted on her way back to the palace, she tapped the side, and they both could hear it. The echoing sound was like thunder. Boys, if you go quiet, if you stop singing, I will take this lamp, and I will set it outside your family's house, because everyone knows about wishes and lamps, and there's nothing better than having your wishes granted. I'm going to light my palace with lights such as these. So sing, boys, sing for all eternity. Okay. Good to